boners. We have to oh, talk yeah. about boners. The wrestling life. Everybody, it's the Wrestling Life. It's episode two sixty two. It's a lot of episodes. It is uh, a Friday, March twenty sixth of twenty twenty one. I'm Ethan, and I'm Liam. Liam, we have so much to talk about this week, and as always, so many things we can't talk about right here on the first and the only wrestling podcast. That's right. We are full blown on the roll on the road. Rolling on the road on a roll on the road to WrestleMania. Wee! <laughs> there was a fast lane show this past weekend that featured uh, Randy Orton versus Alexa Bliss. Uh, let's just talk about boners right now, all right? <laughs> um, that match, Randy Orton versus Alexa Bliss, where Alexa Bliss straddles Randy Orton for the pin. I would just like to go on record as I believe I'm already on record as saying that uh, Alexa Bliss is too young looking for me to find attractive personally. But I feel like sometimes if someone were to just sit on your lap involuntarily, maybe something would happen. And uh, that is the first time I've ever watched a wrestling match where I've wondered, huh, I wonder if Randy Orton has a boner right now. And they uh, obviously prepared for that uh, possibility by having her uh, gear cover his um, gear. So um, great boners in wrestling history. You pointed some out to me that I had no idea occurred. Yeah. There's a couple mostly involving John Cena, as it turns out. (laughs) Uh, There's one where uh, during a, a random like mixed tag on a raw in Toronto, like the week of a, a Christmas uh, they have Trish come back as a big surprise to Team Messina in the main event against Santino Marella and Beth Phoenix. Great surprise! Yes, it's a it's a fun it's a perfect like holiday yes. Raw main event. Yes. Um, and during that match, very visibly, Cena is uh, pitching a tent, to <laughs> say the least. Um, like I. I don't know. And like, like that's one of the ones I don't know what happened. It just <laughs> and then uh someone else pointed out to me while I was doing <clears throat> research <laughs> uh that there was apparently John Cena also was very uh excitable during the Undertaker squash match that he got at WrestleMania a couple of years ago. <laughs> So it does happen. I'm. It's an you know uh, involuntary bodily function, right? Uh, where you know talk talk. You're taught about it in health class. Of course, you're homeschooled with Christian parents, and <laughs> it's a completely natural thing. Things happen. Not I'm not saying any of these people are perverts. It's just yeah. It's not. It's not. It would not be the first time that someone had a uh, accident, so to speak, in in the uh in the wrestling ring someone pointed out one time that lex luger was famous for after he would hit a move every move he would touch himself (laughs) and once you see that 
you really can't unsee it and it kind of ruins every Lex Luger match forever. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of amazing that there aren't more um, uh, boners in wrestling. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's that's a really interesting, <laughs> a really interesting topic. I I hadn't I had not thought about that until you brought it <laughs> up uh, off off air. And I immediately was reminded of having seen like a semi-viral semi wrestling wrestling Twitter tweet from a couple of years ago of someone, one of those guys who goes back and like rewatches every show from a year, uh, pointing out that John Cena was just, just really just, just, <laughs> uh, just fully, fully at attention, so to speak. Yeah. 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 As he was uh, giving... He was giving someone the five knuckle <laughs> shuffle. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how I had never heard of that before. Given I'm one of the probably five biggest Chris Stratus fans in the Western Hemisphere, and I've watched that match or at least parts of that match. I don't know four hundred times, mm-hmm. and I, I can't. Anyway, the rest of the fast lane show. <laughs> Apparently there was a real good main event, uh, Daniel Bryan and uh, Roman Reigns. I uh, just kind of zoned out during that match. If you say it was great, I'll take your word for it. But uh, they lost me with the earlier stuff. So, yeah, I think that's fair. Like, I think it was very good. I would not say it was great. I don't think I will remember it by this time next week. <laughs> um, uh, good match. Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns, both very good wrestlers. They worked an interesting match. It was, you know, it was the big strong guy, the big strong bully fighting, but they didn't, it wasn't just Daniel Bryan selling the whole time. They put over how like much better of a technical wrestler he is than Roman. And he keeps trapping Roman in different submissions and stuff. Part of the problem is, and it's the problem. This is a wrestling wide problem. It's not, I don't even know if it's a problem. It's just the way wrestling is. When you do the special enforcer or the special ref thing, everyone knows that the match can't end until you do the spot with the special ref. Right. So it's like they're doing like legitimate near falls and, you know, Brian's got him in the, in the yes lock and Roman's in the middle of the ring. And they're like, oh my gosh, is Roman going to tap out? But then they cut to edge and I'm like, oh, right. There's no, you know, even if I thought Roman Reigns was going to tap out clean and Dana Bryan was going to win the title on the show. Uh, once I am standing there, I'm like, oh, well, then I can just kind of check out until they do that stuff. And as far as like there, it seems like they're doing a, a three way at, at WrestleMania with those guys. Yeah. As far as setting that up, it was good. Like, uh, I don't know, like everyone was saying, oh, this is a heel turn for Edge. I think I don't know that it is. Um, it felt like you could play it either way. Yes, and they might be willing, might be waiting to kind of see how live fans treat him at WrestleMania. Yeah, to make that full decision, but yeah. uh, uh, which I, which I think is fine. Um, but I thought, as far as okay, it, whatever you think of the Roman Edge build so far, or, or if you're like me and you would have just preferred to see Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns wrestle in a singles match at WrestleMania, um. If you accept that this is where we are, that's where we're going. I think they did a good job getting there, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And Drew McIntyre and Sheamus 
these guys just beat the hell out of each other. Can you imagine beating the hell out of somebody and getting the hell beaten out of you in front of zero people? Like, <laughs> I mean, pretty wild. I mean, it's happened to me before, but <laughs> <laughs> like, for I, I don't know, man. Like, those guys work really hard. I'll give them a lot of credit. I just poor Seamus, man. Like, that guy's hurt so many guys over the years that I don't have, I shouldn't have a lot of sympathy for him, but. He, he, on this run, he just has a lot of hard-hitting matches, and he works really, really hard, and it's all in front of zero people. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Sheamus has been, for the last, last like, six months to a year, has been uh, the guy who gets the baby face ready for his next guy. Yeah, and that's, um, that's a fine role. Absolutely, I agree. I uh, thought he did a great job with Big E. They had some great hard hitting matches in the in the uh, early winter on SmackDown. They moved him over to Raw, and he, you know him and Drew now have had a, a couple of very strong hard hitting matches on TV. Um, yeah, I hats off to the guy. I'm sure um, you know. And then he hit he hit Matt Riddle in the gut with a scooter. I liked that. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah. 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 There's what there is something where like I Seamus has hurt a lot of guys and hits people too hard and hits people too hard in unsafe places and you're right but like he doesn't really I don't I wouldn't say I feel sympathy for him when he's sort of <laughs> aimless like he maybe sort of has been right but at the same time there is something where I'm like this guy does like work really hard and if I do think if you're a type of guy who hits that hard you better be willing to take shots too and he very clearly is. Yeah. And so like again, I'm not I'm not letting him off the hook for being unsafe, but like that's at least, you know, he's 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 getting as good as he gives a lot of times, especially when he's in there with somebody like Drew. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I got so uh, into talking about boners that we didn't really talk about <laughs> uh, the fiend coming back and Randy and Bray Wyatt now having the opportunity to have two historically bad WrestleMania matches together. There's there's no one, right? Has had two terrible WrestleMania matches with the same person. I I can't think none, none are jumping to mind. I mean, Kane and Taker's first one. Um, actually, both of them were like two and a half star matches. <laughs> like they had right. one at they had one at fourteen or fifteen, and they or had to be fourteen, and then they had one yeah. at twenty. And mm-hmm. they're they're both fine. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking like really stinking the joint out. Like Brock and Brock and Goldberg redeemed themselves. Yeah. After they had a terrible match. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think of like I mean, you also then it's like you're going down the list of all of like the mania rematches. Like Hogan and Andre, their rematch was like five minutes and ended when they hit each other with chairs. Right. So you can't really say and obviously the first match is iconic just for the finish. So it's iconic. Really like of course it's technically a terrible match, but right. it absolutely delivered what it was supposed to. Absolutely. So I wouldn't call either of those a bad match. Right. And then you're just got like Austin and Rock, uh, like set at least 17. And I like the 19 match. I know it's just a lot of them hitting each other with each other's finishers and their own finishers, but I thought it was great. Yeah, I like that match a lot. Um, so yeah, I like there's there's only so many people who have wrestled each other at multiple manias. Right. And then within that subsection have had like maybe one bad match, but not like Hunter and Taker wrestled each other three times at WrestleMania and they were all pretty darn good. So yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm thinking at least on this WrestleMania stage, plenty of people have had 
multiple bad matches with each other, but how many get the chance to stink the joint out, you know, twice in a, a three or four year period here. I really hope people just laugh this stuff out of the building at WrestleMania. Like, I feel like that's the only way Vince is going to get the message that this isn't good. Who is this for? <laughs> um, this isn't working on any level except in the so bad it's funny level. <laughs> yeah, I again, and it's and I know ratings don't matter because they're <laughs> they make so much money and they're a content farm now, right? But like then like be <laughs> make the content let more boring, <laughs> like, right? Like I would rather just like long wrestling matches than this fiend stuff. Or, and I've said this before, if you're going to do the Lucha Underground stuff and you're going to have zombies and demons and stuff, the whole show has to be like that. I can't handle going from that to a Daniel Bryan match on the same show. Like, it's just not, it does not work for me. Yeah, it's a really stark contrast to like, I don't know that this Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre feud, it's like, 5, 10, 15 years ago, I'd be like, yeah, this is not a very good version of serious sports build or whatever. But we've been so long without anything resembling that that it's like, man, this is this is great by comparison. But whatever that you think of the Drew Bobby stuff, it's at least grounded in in reality. <laughs> and then the show closes with the spooky uh Bray Wyatt sound playing endlessly. Like that is enough to give me a migraine anyway and it's to your point it's we go from serious sports build and the top angle to supernatural hocus pocus and the other top angle yes although speaking of so bad it's funny uh braun Strowman has a little choo-choo noise when he does his <laughs> little run around the ring now yes i like that i've been brainstorming more sound effects that they can give guys all right. I like to hear uh, when Jeff Hardy does the Swanton bomb, you just have the sound of like a nuke dropping and blowing up. <laughs> no brainer. Obviously, it's the Swanton bomb. Uh, Ricochet does a flip. This is, you know, imagine an, an, a time where Ricochet would be on Raw. Uh, you know, <laughs> just, just use your imagination. Uh, he does a flip. So you get like cartoon boing, boing. Every time he does a flip, that's, you know, no brainer yeah. there. Yeah, that's good. Um, I had another one that I, that I can't, <laughs> that I can't think of at the moment. Uh, all right, but like uh, yeah, those are those are my the, my my two uh, my two big brainstorms. With there should be boing sound effects when when guys do flips, and Jeff Hardy <laughs> should have a the sound of a bomb dropping. I like it. I I really like the Braun Strowman train sound, and I'm not I'm not even being facetious or sarcastic in any way. <laughs> like, of course, it's stupid, and I would never do it in a million years, but it is hilarious. But also, like, it's one of those things where like. If they do this enough and it becomes something of a meme, you can eventually cut out the noise. And then when you have fans back, just they'll all go choo choo because fans love sing along stuff. Yes. Like, so this could like actually work and like give Braun like another little like sing along thing for the crowd to get into his matches on when he's doing his, when he's doing his little run around the ring. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> he's not he and Shane McMahon are having a feud like it's the dumbing down of WWE storytelling is it's 
like he watched the the broken skull sessions with steve austin and randy orton that was on after the pay-per-view and you're like i have not seen it yet but can you imagine steve austin being involved in a storyline where the entire thing is someone is calling him stupid <laughs> it's like yeah. he, he steve austin would verbally slice and dice that other person so quickly it would be like, what are we even feuding over? And yet Shane McMahon and Braun Strowman are having like this six-week WrestleMania feud based around Shane calling Braun stupid. What? Well, and this actually, this is something I thought about uh, that I did want to mention this week because uh, Paul White was on like three different podcasts in the last week and I listened to about 15 minutes of two of them i think (laughs) um and during that time he mentioned like his own creative frustrations and feeling like you know there's a certain ceiling for giants in the company which i know is funny to say because of (laughs) ceiling is is being a pushed character on television for 20 years but he talked about like (laughs) basically he talked about never being given the opportunity to be a top top guy like you're the like you work with all these other guys because you're always over Right. And you're never really, and that was sort of a source he pointed out himself and Kane as examples of guys who were super over and never, but were never really given the ball and given a chance to be more than just the guy who worked with the guy. I found it interesting because we've talked about that a thousand times on this show. They would not do this with Steve Austin, but they will do this for the rest of Braun's career because Braun is the giant. Right. And that's what you do with the giant. You call him dumb and right now he's a baby face. So he gets called dumb and gets outsmarted and embarrassed by the heel over and over again. <laughs> and then in a normal company, you'd be like, well, at least at the end, the heel will take like a righteous beating and the giant will get his revenge. That'll probably happen. But like, I can't guarantee that because it's WWE, but. And because the heel is Shane McMahon. <laughs> right. And long-term Shane McMahon's probably going to be on television longer than Braun Strowman is <laughs> even from this point to the end of both of their careers Shane will probably still be on Raw long after Braun is retired or or too beat up to go or whatever right uh do you like the Drew Bobby stuff we touched on it for a second but do you like that yeah I mean it's fine like it doesn't it's not lighting my world on fire but to your point it's it's simple it feels like the two top guys, the two toughest, baddest dudes on your show are wrestling for the world championship. And that's, that's all right, man. Like I, I have said it before. I, I like Bobby Lashley in this role. I think he's got, you know, he's got a great mouthpiece with MVP. That whole Hurt business act is great. Drew McIntyre, not my favorite, <laughs> but has certainly improved and is a likable, fine, serviceable top baby face. Sure. I I don't know. I don't really have a sense. Do you have a sense yet? Do you feel like we're just giving the belt back to Drew? Are we re-coronating Drew this year because we have fans and we I, need to re-coronate him in front of the fans? Or are we giving Bobby a longer run? I I thought the idea was to do as you said and re-coronate Drew in front of people. Then Bobby gets like a five-week title run or whatever. So also, you know, Vince could wake up on the wrong side of the bed the day of the show and change his mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. But I I thought the pur- the whole purpose was Drew. But I guess time will tell. 
uh, Rhea Ripley debuted, oh, yeah. debuted on Raw this week. She's going to wrestle Asuka for the Raw Women's title at Mania. Charlotte might be added to the match. Charlotte has COVID. <laughs> uh, wish her the best. Uh, yeah. One night in, they haven't screwed up Rhea yet. I mean, give it time. <laughs> uh, I do not see Vince McMahon getting Rhea Ripley in the same way that he did not get Shayna Baszler. Right. So I could very easily see if Charlotte's added in the match, I could see Charlotte winning that match. Sure. If if Charlotte is not out of the match, I could see Asuka winning it clean. Um, but yeah, like I, I think... Uh, I'm I'm I she was done in NXT everyone everyone there has done all they can do but most of them aren't (laughs) allowed to be called up anyway but she especially like she had been the champ she had been a heel she had been a baby face she'd been the champion she'd done like three war games matches like there really (laughs) wasn't much like they didn't they almost had nothing for her on television right like which is a ridiculous thing to think about with someone that young and that talented but they were just like they were like out of ideas so they (laughs) Right. So yeah, I, I am uh you know, I'm I'm hopeful. It's it's that both both uh you know they did they did NXT tag titles and they brought like all of the women out on uh on TV. <laughs> all six dozen women work yes. there. And I was thinking about like okay, it's Candice Ray and like all these super talent Mercedes Martinez who was on Raw for a second in retri- in retribution <laughs> and then sent back down. Right. Yeah, really, really weird. Um, no one ever did an investigation. No one ever followed up on it. Just like, eh, yeah, she she's not part of the group anymore. Yeah, what? No. Why? Yeah, what what happened <laughs> between like Tuesday and <laughs> her and choice, Thursday? their choice, right? Right. But just yeah, it would be fun to get an answer. Not yeah. not looking to cause a scandal. Just just no. curious. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's like you have all these talented women. You have someone like Aaliyah who has been down there for like seven years. And you're like, what is there left for, for this? Like, what are they still teaching her at this stage? Albert's teaching her how to work. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but it's like you have all of these women. Dakota Kai's been down there for like eight years. Eventually, Tegan Knox will come back. Like all of these people, they have people on the shelf that are going to come back. Ember Moon's down there, like all these people. And meanwhile, Natalia and Tamina are on SmackDown. <laughs> God, yeah. bless, God bless those women. I thank them for their service. <laughs> Perhaps they could have a role as the commissioner <laughs> of the show. <laughs> or the Stooges. <laughs> sure. Adam uh, Pierce's Stooges. Yes. Sonya Deville's Stooges. Exactly. I'm sure we could find a role for them, but it should not be active wrestlers at this stage when you have that many people. And again, if they were plugged into like hot feuds and NXT was really firing on all cylinders, then fine. You wait till they're freed up and then you bring them up. But it's like, you got so much talent just doing nothing. And it's just so frustrating. And again, I don't, it's like, you have women's tag titles that you don't do anything with. It could, again, it could fill some TV time if yeah. you had those women's tag titles defended on Raw and SmackDown every week and you had seven or eight teams. Just slap <laughs> some random women together in teams. Sure. And call them up. And then you have Shayna and Nia defend against them on one show or the other or both. And you just get some women on TV, you get them some television time. 
until you figure out which if you actually want to push any of them and then you pick the one you want to push and you elevate them like like just variety is the spice of life as you as 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 uh, as they say sure um touched on most of the uh the main wrestlemania stuff sasha and bianca fans trending uh, got that trending on twitter the other day they want them to be the main event i don't like the fans chances like <laughs> vince put uh sasha and charlotte on in the main event of hell on a cell and booked him to go like 45 minutes <laughs> that one time like four years ago five years mm. ago and <laughs> i don't feel like uh his faith in sasha banks as a main eventer um may have ended that night and uh that she you know she kind of took her ball and went home for a few months and i just i don't think i think it's forgiven but not forgotten and <laughs> i don't i i don't think particularly on a show with bobby lashley and drew mcintyre it's like do you think vince is going to put sasha banks and bianca belair in a main event over bobby lashley <laughs> Like, come on, I mean, guys. He didn't put Sasha and Becky in the main event at that Hell in a Cell show that ended with The Fiend getting disqualified. Right. 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 You know? like, right. And they push, they push Becky as a legitimate main eventer. Right. Unlike, unlike maybe how they've treated Sasha or Bailey or some of the other top women. Yeah. Becky was treated like a tippy. I, mean, we, I know you've talked about that. Like based on, you can also tell based on like the merchandise that was produced for Becky, right, and stuff like that, and the way she, like her television time slots and stuff. Like, right, she right. was treated on a different level compared to almost any other women woman yes. in that company ever. Even and, above, even above Charlotte. Like it took them five yes. years, five years to get to that point. But even above Charlotte, agreed. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So. I mean, like, I think it would be very nice. And I don't want to sound patronizing because I don't generally have a strong feeling. Like, I don't feel like, I mean, I, one part of me is like, well, no match that has involved Reginald in the build in the <laughs> event of WrestleMania, but top star top, of the women's division. Yes. Top star <laughs> of the women's division. And as I believe it was Joe Gagne referred to him this week on Twitter, the protagonist of WWE, <laughs> Reginald. <laughs> Fun, I, I, I rolled that one. Joe's a funny guy. Yeah, anyone on uh, anyone any feud that's involved Reginald should probably not be in the running for for main events of of your biggest show of the year. But it's also like a two night show, and so the women should probably main event one of the nights just cause. And like, I don't feel like the build to Bobby and Drew has been so spectacular that it has to main event. Other than in again, as you said, in the old man's mind, this is the chance to really solidified drew in front of in front of a a packed house for the first time so yeah i don't know like i think it would be great i would have no problem with with uh bianca and and sasha main eventing i have no problem with asuka and Rhea main eventing but i don't think either of that those are particularly likely to happen yeah yep no argument no argument obviously i have i have a dog in that fight i should be because you're a big Reginald fan. Slay me, Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> that vignette, 
I'm gonna remember that vignette for a long time. The one they where Naya and Shayna took Reggie shopping on SmackDown. It was so great. It was straight out of 1988, and it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, you still that would that would be on Superstars. Yes. That would be on Wrestling Challenge. Like that would yes. be on on that type of show. Yes. TNT Tuesday Night Titans. Like yes, that was tailor made for one of those shows. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Uh, any other WWE stuff you want to talk about before we move on to New Japan, AEW, the rest of the world? Uh, I guess we could just quickly mention uh, uh, Andrade did, in fact, get his release. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'd... With no with no 90 day, no compete either. Yeah. So either. <laughs> so our theories at this point would be either somebody said a slur. <laughs> <laughs> Always a chance. Uh, or. or uh, so you know someone stuck up stuck up for him and maybe used their their own power and position in the company to to get a better deal for him than some others would get so my conspiracy theory it doesn't take a rocket scientist to put this together but so they pull charlotte from the wrestlemania poster on like thursday or friday right he gets released monday or whatever the day was and then tweets, hey, uh, and then Charlotte tweets, hey, I've got COVID, I'm home resting or whatever. And then he tweets, hope, you know, you'll be back sooner than later, baby. Uh, hope maybe they'll put you back on the poster. So obviously he's poking fun at the fact that they took her off the poster. My thought mm-hmm. was she went to the management and said, look, cut him or I'm going home. And they decided to call her bluff and pulled her from all the mania advertising and blah, 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 blah. And then eventually they decided that she was more valuable to them than they would be hurt by Andrade going somewhere else. And so they let him go with a non-compete, which nobody gets. Mm-hmm. He's, he could have been on Dynamite this week. Um, but I thought Charlotte used her influence to get Andrade that release, but I don't know that. Yeah, I mean, I guess we won't know unless one or both of them chooses <laughs> to tell that story. Uh, yep. <laughs> um, going forward here, but yeah, it's it definitely based on the suddenness of it, <laughs> and that he got the deal that nobody gets uh, when when you want to leave and they don't want you to leave. Uh, not only that he got released at all, but that they didn't even you know, try to enforce a 90 day, no compete. It was just, wow, that's yeah. something out of the ordinary happened here. And and a week after he asked for his release and they denied it. <laughs> right. Like, right. What, what something. Yeah. Some, some stuff went down in that week, but yeah. So uh, he'll have his choice of wherever he wants to work and pretty mm-hmm. much any promotion in the world. But as you kind of uh, intimated uh, offline, Boy, it's going to be a bummer when he ends up in just Ring of Honor and CMLL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be kind of a bummer if he ends up with uh, with if and when he ends up with Rush and uh, and Bandito and some of those other great lucha guys that just kind of hang out in Ring of Honor and then work work CMLL the rest of the time. Um, he again, he, he told those guys do not go to WWE. Yeah, <laughs> smart guy. <laughs> I mean, it. it depends what you want it's what we always say when we talk about WWE. Yes. depends what you want out of life do you want to be rich or do you want to be um a, wor- a working pro wrestler who is creatively satisfied and happy 
Yes. Well, and that, yeah, I remember like, I think it was around the time that Ricochet got no offense in that Brock Saudi match. Yeah. There's a lot of like this idiot. What was he thinking? What did he think was going to happen? I was like, well, he's only an idiot. I mean, he is an idiot. The COVID stuff kind of proved <laughs> that. But like, yeah, that he was only an idiot as far as WWE goes if he genuinely thought it was going to go any other way. And that goes for any of those guys, Gargano, Adam Cole, like any of those people that chose to chose and have chosen to stay uh, like you know like you know what you're doing man like you should have no doubts about what you're what is in all likelihood going to happen if you ever get that call to uh you know to come up to one of the main shows yep yep uh will osprey won the new japan cup this year and they did a domestic violence angle immediately after he won where he fun he laid out his girlfriend with a cutter um the crowd was very into Will Ospreay's uh, promo. He was cutting a promo talking about how he's going to go on on April 4th to beat Kota Ibushi for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. And then just kind of out of nowhere, he hit a cutter on, a, on B Priestley. And the crowd, which had been clapping along and very receptive to his promo, there was just stunned silence for the rest of the show. And uh, it was a, a shock value angle it didn't work um i would not have done it i particularly because i think Osprey is going to go on and lose to not just because the fact that he's going to lose in 10 days but it's like if you were going to do a shock value angle wouldn't you really want to save your one bullet for like something that's really going to get you over long term rather than Osprey's going to be going to lose in 10 days and then be pushed down, not pushed down the card. He's going to be their top foreign guy at some point. It's just, it's not there yet. And mm-hmm. they're not taking the belt off Kota Ibushi after three months. So if you were going to do that angle, wouldn't you do it a in front of a audience that could make audible noise shouting or screaming or booing mm-hmm. B wouldn't you do it if you were going to go on and win the title C why would you do it to begin with but <laughs> also I was not offended by it because um, I don't get mad at a television show when someone commits an assault on I don't get mad at the actor when when he commits an assault on a television show. Mm-hmm. Yes, the lines are blurred a little bit because it's wrestling, but also B was a willing participant in this angle. I don't think highly of Will or B as human beings. And so it's like it's garbage people doing garbage to each other. Who cares? But if you were <laughs> offended by this I understand that. Where did you come down on uh, Will Osprey hitting his girlfriend with a cutter <laughs> after winning the New Japan Cup? Just to me, it felt like this is like a 2003 SmackDown angle, like or a 2007 TNA angle. Like mm. it's just like it doesn't. My be all end all of this, and you're right. It's fiction. They're not. It's not real life. 
she knew she was going to get a cutter at the end of the match. Like, you know, he didn't surprise her with it. Um, <laughs> but I don't think him hitting his real life girlfriend with a, with a cutter is going to make anyone want to see him wrestle Kota Ibushi anymore. Right. However, there are definitely people who will not watch that match now because of that angle. May yep. not be a lot of people, but there are people who that is a, you know, and again, whether or not it's a, a triggering, you know, as you said, whether it's offended or just like, oh, why are they doing that? I don't need to see that on a wrestling show. And or they already didn't like Will Ospreay, and this just gives them another reason to, uh, to you know, write him off and not want to watch him wrestle. I'm not, you know, and I, I think those are all valid. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, it's still going to be a great, it would have been a great match. I still would have thought, as you said, thought lowly of Will Ospreay as a person before, before this angle. It hasn't changed my opinion of him. Right. I think about him the same way I thought about him before, before that angle. But yeah, it was just like, why, why would you do that? It just doesn't feel like it fits in this era of professional wrestling. Right. Like, and it, and it just feels antiquated to me. And like, what, what is the payoff there? Is, is B going to manage a Bushi now? And she going to get her revenge? Is Bushi going to get revenge for her? I think, or is that I just think, the end of her in New Japan? I think B's just going back to stardom full time. Like she's already yeah. just working stardom. And, you know, nights where stardom and New Japan ran shows on the same night, she worked for stardom. That was obviously always her first priority, but I, yeah, I think that's just it for her in New Japan. But I guess we'll see. Yeah, so it's just one of those things where, like, I, I don't know. This didn't add anything, but I think it's very valid, and I can totally see and do believe that this will hurt what would have probably been a match a lot of people would have looked forward to, even if, like ourselves, we already thought pretty, you know, didn't think the world of Will Ospreay already. Uh, I think there are people who already didn't like him who will see that and be very, very turned off to to the point of not watching a match they may have otherwise watched. Yes. Um, AEW and NXT this week. I did not see NXT. I saw AEW. Hey, we're getting a Cody and Brandy uh, Miz and Mrs. show on TNT. <laughs> I I find that just fascinating and again it's the same thing with like you know nbc universal giving WWE a billion dollars where you're like you look at the numbers and like i guess it's better than whatever else is on the network but the numbers are not great but like right the turner networks love cody Rhodes. they can't stop giving that guy television shows <laughs> there's gonna be another there's gonna be another aew show there's going to be his reality show. He's on the, the America's Got Talent ripoff. Like, they love Cody Rhodes. They can't stop putting him on television and paying him to be on television shows on their network. Like, it's something just else. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> we were having a discussion literally minutes before the trailer for Rhodes to the Top aired during Dynamite this week. And I was saying, you know... Cody is clearly checked out of pro wrestling. Like I thought he wanted to be Dwayne Johnson and then he got this horrific neck tattoo 
and <laughs> only Warner Media will give him jobs in entertainment that are not in pro wrestling. No knock on Cody, but it's the truth. Does Warner Media own stars? Because his friend Stephen Amell got him on the on the wrestling show. I actually don't know the answer to that, but yeah. But also, uh, like you know, his very good friend is right. the star of the show, <laughs> right? So, uh, obviously, to me, he's mentally checked out of wrestling. He's doing an angle with friggin' QT Marshall on TV. Uh, what does this guy want out of life? And you're like, he wants to be, he wants to run for office someday. It's like, yeah, but that's kind of far. What is he doing? What does he want out of life? Like. His enter his career right now, and then like minutes later, that trailer uh, <laughs> air, and it's like, oh, yeah, he just he wants to have his own, as you said, the Miz and Misses or the the Shack Show, or right, yeah, it's his own version of that, and just wants to to further the Rhodes family brand, <laughs> a division of the Nightmare Family. <laughs> That's right. Hey, but he is doing a few with QT Marshall on TV. I <laughs> I really I just want to go over some things I really like about AEW. All right. Because I'm gonna get really, really mean <laughs> in a second. And I oh like boy. I like to do some sandwich sandwich compliments. Sure. Um I really enjoy pretty much everything they do with Hangman the Dark Order. Yeah. Find Hangman intensely relatable as a character. <laughs> I enjoy, I enjoy, they're all very like fun. They are a fun act on television. And it's fun to see like a good guy and he's got a bunch of friends. <laughs> like <laughs> it's nice. It's fun. John Silver's really funny and uh, great. Like I really like that. All right. Now here comes the meat where I get, where I get very mean. QT Marshall does not belong on anyone's wrestling show not even impact (laughs) he is he he cut a very long promo you know like team taz who's doing like a big breakup angle by the way there's like three different acts that are breaking up at once on the show um (laughs) but including like the world champion is doing like the official breakup with the bucks now but we're also doing nightmare family breakup and we're doing team Taz breakup. Yes. Um, team Taz got 30 seconds to further their uh, breakup angle in a pre tape. Yep. Right. While QT Marshall got a live promo that went like five minutes on dynamite where he talked about his shoot wife, which <laughs> even though he, Two months ago on television, he was in a romantic storyline with Allie slash the bunny that they just dropped <laughs> one week and decided to put her back as the bunny. And then they had one match on Dynamite to blow that off. And then he's just been, I guess, him and Dustin wrestle on AEW Dark. I don't know. I don't watch the show. Uh, and that I think that's fine. I know he's a trainer. I know, And then he starts talking about like, you know, taking bumps and I'm, I'm up till 6 a.m. planning out the shows with Tony Khan. I'm sure that's all true. I'm sure he is a very hard worker, but he is a terrible promo and he is not a good enough wrestler that he deserves to be on television more than lots of other people who got either minimal or no time on AEW television last night. Um, 
He's so bad. He should never be on anyone's television show. He does not. He needs to retire. This Cody <laughs> match needs to be a retirement match. I hate QT Marshall. And I want him gone. This when I'm out of my life. This all feels um I feel strangely detached from this, mainly because I went through all, all of these emotions six to nine months ago when it was my job to watch AEW Dark every week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um I went from oh QT is really underrated as a worker to actually maybe I would have him teach people how to lock up and that's about it to, <laughs> to, to him being a pushed act. And it's like, yeah, this guy is, uh, is not a prime time wrestler. And here he is getting promo time live <laughs> on the only thing on TNT last night for about five minutes. Is QT Marshall talking. <laughs> that's it's just, it's irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> The size it's, of the, the roster they have, all the people they have, like just Christian it, got 30 <laughs> seconds with Kazarian to set up his first wrestling match in seven years. Right. QT Marshall got five minutes live in front of the crowd. Yep. Damn um, this thing, man. Damn this thing. And if you're gonna do the, you know, a member of the Nightmare family, I'm sorry, the Nightmare Factory, a division of the Nightmare family. Ugh is uh is is go- wants to strike out on their own pick one of the young guys i don't even care which one pick big shoddy lee who just had like a big win on television a month ago mm-hmm. pick one of billy Gunn's dickhead sons i don't care <laughs> like pick anybody i that is not qt marshall <laughs> drive by on billy Gunn's kids like i think honestly i think they're kind of entertaining in the front row dynamite but also like I would hate. I, I just get the vibe of like I would hate this person if I met them in real life. Sure, like, sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, <laughs> but yes, I I just I watched QT Marshall talk for five minutes, and then I watched Cody. Like, I feel like it would be a generous to say he was quarterassing his side of that promo, where he comes out with his little headset on because you know he's working. And he's a he's a busy man. Uh, He's producing the show. Um, And then he's like, and he's like, we'll do an exhibition, but I won't crank the figure four when we wrestle. I won't. I'll let you go if I get you in position for crossroads. And I'm like, what are what are we doing? This is what AEW Dark Elevation should be. You want (laughs) to do all these weird little things? It's like you know what, Brit. And you know, I will say, and this is where the the other a compliment i will give dynamite comes in <laughs> i was not mad when brandon cutler was on this show you know why because he's a perfectly serviceable wrestler and he was there to take a pin in a six man with the bucks and it made sense that he would be the one teaming with the bucks because they're estranged from hitman <laughs> from hangman right. and and kenny is a heel and they actually played off of that at the end when kenny ran out and said why why the hell didn't you ask me to team with you why would you team with with this loser brandon cutler and it's like well because brandon's like their actual friend right uh and of course you have to watch being the elite to know that but like you know but like i'm totally fine with brandon cutler being on tv to do a job once in a while i don't like god good for him who cares (laughs) like so i guess that's the silver lining of the qt marshall thing I'm fine with Brandon Cutler being on TNT now because <laughs> I don't think he's going to get eight minutes of promo time anytime in the foreseeable future. And if I'm wrong, then I will come on this show and admit my, uh, 
my my wrong thoughts but like my my goodness like if you want to hire your friends and find serviceable roles for them on television whatever i don't care you want to put them on the youtube shows knock yourselves out but you have two hours every week on tnt and you're given that much time to qt marshall while taz while all these like pushed acts that the women's champion was on the show for eight seconds. Like <laughs> at least they gave Dr. Britt a promo uh, yeah. like to play off the match last week. Um, but, but like, again, I didn't, I didn't hate dynamite had some good wrestling on it. Main event with Darby and John silver was good. I really liked the opener with Omega and Seidel. So it's like, and that does make a difference. We've talked about that a long time, but like, when they're when you know you're getting some good wrestling on the show, you can overlook a little bit more of the flaws. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> QT Marshall, there's a there's a middle part of every dynamite where I'm like like my my head is in my hands and I'm just like <laughs> all right, that's when and that's and that's generally why I usually watch dynamite on something of a tape delay so I can fast forward through like the FDR squash and <laughs> And QT, but I, I like I stopped and made myself watch the QT Marshall thing because I knew I was going to hate it that much. I'm not going to go bury it too strongly because I did submit an application to be a part of the Nightmare Family. <laughs> you asked for it. Did you get? Did you get the tracksuit yet? I've not gotten a tracksuit yet. Uh, Cody's sister said she was going to put it to a vote whether or not I would be in the Nightmare Family, and that was like three months ago, and I haven't heard back. So maybe I should check in on that before Roads to the Top airs. Hey, you get yourself a recurring role. Hey, it's the fat neighbor. <laughs> do, 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 do. I don't show know. up and you're like, yeah, you're like, hey, is your sister around? <laughs> like, no, she doesn't live here. Ethan, go home. <laughs> okay. Shoes. I'm not wearing shoes. I don't know. That's uh, I don't know. I just that that was my my big takeaway is that like there was plenty of good wrestling on the show that I liked, but all of that was uh, outweighed by watching QT Marshall cut a promo. The presence of hair plugs. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. Uh, anything else? No, I think that uh, that about wraps us up. We've covered quite a bit of ground here in this free-flowing discussion. We did. I feel like we covered everything we wanted to. We did a good job. Good job by you. Thank you. Good job by you. Thank you. <laughs> Done patting each other on the back. Until next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. And we'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Farewell. listening don't forget to leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts now here are this week's bonus features coke energy my favorite beverage Oh, all right. I thought...
Oh, I love Coke energy. You love the energy that Coke gives you. That's what you're saying to me. I, I think I, I do. Uh, it's a wonderful product. Uh, <laughs> I like to drink Coke energy while I'm watching Xfinity. You want to sh- throw in a shill for like Amazon or something? <laughs> I recently bought. Actually, I like the crap on Amazon. <laughs> my uh, my good podcast headphones uh, went up like I don't know six weeks ago or whatever. Remember that week that I couldn't hear you, and it turns out the problem was my headphones broke. Yeah. Yes, your headphones were causing you to gaslight me into thinking it was my fault. Correct. Right. So I bought a pair of uh so you just Google like best podcast headphones or whatever, and like this Sony pair pops up, and then there's like, oh well, there's this Amazon Basics knockoff version. So that's you know, and the Sony headphones are a hundred bucks and the Amazon pair is fifty bucks. So it's like, well, I'll just buy the Amazon pair then. So within like right after whatever the return window would be five weeks or whatever of having them they got the short in them and i could only hear out of one ear oh fine so i just had i had to buy the sony headphones anyway so uh screw amazon bad people they really are they treat they they uh they're not family guys that's right all right they're not they're not good family men right not like Conan O'Brien, not like Chris Jericho. <laughs> By the way, Jericho uh, contract coming up, turns himself babyface. Hmm. Smart guy. Yeah. yeah. You know, in terms of wrestling, not in terms of life. Oh, no, no. One of the dumbest in the world. But as far as wrestling goes, he's not, he's not, he's not that dumb when it comes to wrestling stuff. No. Other than that he insists on doing that lion salt. <laughs> well now now it's a thing right because right people made fun of him the time he slipped in the lion's hall right and like if you look at it yes he like the guy or the guy was closer to the ropes than the guy usually is and he didn't get like a running start with it so like you can justify it all you want but also maybe you just shouldn't be trying to do a backflip off the middle rope anymore man like yeah if there's even a 1% chance you're going to land on your head in that move, maybe uh, maybe you don't need to do it anymore. Yeah. Especially when your finisher is a back elbow now. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really fit with the, the rest of anything. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he went downhill like really fast. I was going to say, I think I, I tweeted or messaged this to you a while ago, but there was that picture of him, Callus, and Omega from the Dome match. And like even since then, it's ridiculous. Like his head is so much bigger yes. <laughs> and redder. <laughs> and like I think shaving the beard didn't help. Like I think facial hair, as as a as a hefty man myself, I can confirm that shaving the beard doesn't help if you're trying to not look like you're like a fat dude. <laughs> sure. But small trick, yes. Yes. Uh yeah. Just Things yep. have escalated quickly, I see. Yeah. You know, maybe I shouldn't drink Coke Energy <laughs> right before we uh, start talking for uh, 45 minutes because it really makes me burp a lot. <laughs> is it? So this is not the Coke coffee, though, right? This is a different product? Correct. This is a different product. This is Coke Energy. 
I think it comes in two, uh, in two flavors, uh, regular and black cherry. Um, I haven't, I've only, uh, I much prefer the regular Coke Energy. And uh, it has 113 milligrams of caffeine. It's 12 ounces. It comes like in a little Red Bull can. Uh, it tastes a lot like Coke and not as much like uh, cough medicine as most energy drinks do. Mm. It's, it's delightful. That's that's great. Very. <laughs> I'm glad I've done three Coke Energy commercials. <laughs> it's really a good use of your time. Oh no, it's fantastic. I try to keep on keeping on.